the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, it came later than we all thought it would, but Tori Lovello now says the Diamondbacks are going to start playing the younger guys. It's about time. Wow. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. It's Derek Montia, Cody Fincher as well. Um, we're going to get into this, certainly, that it is beyond time for the Diamondbacks to start playing more of the younger guys. I wanted to start somewhere else, though, because uh, it just came to my attention that today is a very important day for two reasons. Very important. Um, but the the chief reason is that Cody has now seen Field of Dreams. <laughs> mm-hmm. That he watched Field of Dreams last night. First time. For the first with, time ever. With your wife. Yes. I made um, her watch it with me. I pointed That's out a good move. I pointed out before the podcast that I saw an interview that Ray Liotta did where he admitted he never saw Field of Dreams, even though he's in Field of Dreams. <laughs> um, and then you had some very bold takes on Field of Dreams. So I wanted to kind of give you the floor on this one. Field of Dreams is a strange film. Yes. And it starts out strange from the very beginning. But, you know, after Kevin Costner does his monologue where he says, you know, why he is on a farm in Iowa. If um, build it, they will. Yeah. It literally starts out with him just standing in the cornfield, and then the corn tells him to build a baseball field, and he just does it. Correct. And his wife just goes, oh, a voice told you to build a field in our corn? Okay. It's the no corn. big deal. The corn told them to build, no the, big deal. build the field. And then she realizes later, like for five minutes, that they're bankrupt and because they plowed their major source of income to build a baseball field. Hmm. And her jerk of a brother, like that dude, I wanted to punch that guy. That's the redheaded dude? Yeah, that yeah. throws the little girl off the bleachers. Yeah. Like what an idiot. And then it was just okay after that. I would have punched that guy in the face. If I remember right, I don't even think he apologized. For no, that. he didn't. <laughs> you just shoved a child off of like a 10-foot bleacher and you're so, just like, oops. And just so, it's one of those movies where you really have to not ask yourself, why is that happening? Because there's no answer for it. He goes to the Minnesota town to find Moonlight Graham. Moonlight Graham, yes. And then he's just walking down the street, and all of a sudden he time travels into 1972. He dusts off a license plate, and the and the registration says 72 on it. It is a time travel film, yes. It's, it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. And, like, all of us because, you know, okay, I'm going to build this whole baseball field and tank my income and my family's well-being to just see a dead ghost of Shoeless Joe Jackson play baseball. Yeah, you could argue it was a bad financial move. Hey, and that dead ghost never even saw this movie. Yeah, yeah. think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. And then James Earl Jones just walks into the corn oh, because part. they ask him to, and you never find out what happens. Is he dead? Did he die? Did he go to Ebbets Field to to watch Jackie Robinson like he always no, dreamt of he, doing? Then he bought a house that backs up to the Sandlot. <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> he bought a dog and sequel. Yeah. I like that continuity. He didn't yeah, quite have the cornfield to plow, so it's just dirt. Well, I mean, okay. So, what did you think of the iconic uh, "Have a Catch"? That was scene? that was very touching and, and good, but it still had a problem. <laughs> He is talking to his his dad, the ghost of his dad, mm-hmm. and he doesn't tell him that he's his son at first. He doesn't refer to him yeah, as, as his dad, dad, or he just yes. calls him John. Right. And then at the very end, he goes, hey, dad. And then the ghost just turns around, like, n- no questions asked. Oh, yeah, I knew the whole time. What? Okay, that's, but it was still very, we it was He didn't look shocked. Yeah, it was knew. touching. You knew, we knew. 
Everyone in the, the room audience knew. knew. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to my get wife your take on said my wife the whole time was looking at me with that look like what the heck's going on here. She was confused the whole movie. My girlfriend probably wouldn't even watch the movie with me if I tried. I doubt it. Well, there That's was there was a there was a point to I asked him like, "Have you seen this movie?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've seen it." And then we're watching. She's like, "I haven't seen this movie. Maybe I haven't." Yeah. She's like, "I don't think I've actually seen this movie." And then we ended up watching the whole thing. And we, she and after the credits started rolling, she just goes. She just starts laughing, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, "I'm like, yeah." It had some really good moments in it, like, like the ha- want to have a catch, dad, and yeah. and everything like that. James Earl Jones' speech was a pretty good one, and yeah. then the uh, Moonlight Graham, the younger version of him, which they he finds the old guy version who's like, "I don't want to come with you because I'm a doctor and I don't want to give up being a doctor." And then they're just driving back, and the younger ghost version of Moonlight Graham they pick up on the side of the road as a hitchhiker. Yeah, and but but after that, he when he crosses over to Spoiler save the little girl, alert. yeah, you just ruined the whole movie. You're just ruining this whole movie for anybody that hasn't seen it, much like yourself. All right. Oh well. Well, I'll hopefully s- Ray Liotta's not listening because he's sorry, Ray. Well, if he well, hasn't seen it, Ray Liotta. <laughs> there, there are several movies. What's that he doing during the premiere? They don't, don't stand <laughs> the test of time, and you don't realize that's it until one of you them. Watch it, uh, especially when you watch it. If you've watched it, it seems to make sense. But if you're watching it with someone that has never seen it before. Suddenly, it gets picked <laughs> apart. Yeah, suddenly it, it doesn't make as well, much like, sense. Well, like I was as it used really to. wanting to like it, but my wife kept like laughing at things happening, and I'm like, "Stop laughing! This is I not a like comedy. Yeah. I want to like it. This is a time travel. Yeah, film. You're like stop laughing at the little girl falling. Yeah, <laughs> um, you monster. Let's talk real baseball because that's not real. Um, Tori Lovello after the game, I believe yesterday, talking about is it time to start playing the younger players more often? I'm looking to change that a little bit. I'm looking to um, you know change that 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 percentage um, you know first by uh, you know having the conversations with the veterans and let them know what's going on and and then allowing the younger players to go out there and and get the increased workload. So. Um, you know, I, I think there's a method to that. I might have my own personal beliefs. And uh, I think rather than just totally um, jump the shark and, and, and flip it all in one day, I think there's a gradual buildup and that's necessary for a young player to continue learning at the right pace. So I think we're ready to take it to the next level in a couple of different situations. It's the right decision. You can make the debate whether it's too late or, or they should have been doing this for a long time. What does it actually look like, though? Nick Pecoro, the Arizona Republic, pointed out that really the only two young guys that aren't playing every single day are Drew Ellis at third base and Josh Van Meter, wherever they choose to play Josh Van Meter. So what does this look like? Well, both of those guys have had plenty of time um, or plenty of opportunities to play. It's not to say like they haven't been utilized. They're just not starting regularly. So I think with the number of games they have left and considering that they're currently 40 games four zero uh, 40 games like out that. of first place uh why not i think at this <laughs> point who cares I, I honestly drew ellis is is really gained a little bit of steam and i think josh van meter has had some brilliant moments at times this season i i think giving them more opportunities especially if the in the foreseeable future they're going to be your starters then yeah now is the time I know Lavallo might not be here next season. I know he probably won't be here next season. But you still have to manage this team like you are going to be back. You have to manage this team 
uh, good or bad, to get the ship on track and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure I meant, you know, trained on track, but uh, they ships are... Ships don't run on track. Yeah, a ship in the right direction? Eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Uh, but they, <laughs> they, they, uh, they definitely need to at least start thinking about next season. I know it could be a completely different roster. I highly doubt that. I don't think that they're going to make any major moves to change this roster in any way. These are the guys that they're going to go with, so might as well get them in there and you know, get them playing. It is kind of weird for Tori Lovello to have to make this kind of decision when uh, I think we all kind of feel like he might not be here next year. So what are you really managing for? I, I don't know. That's got to be a hard thing to... Wrap you're your man- head around. You're managing for future opportunities. Sure. But I think he's also Resume. a play- He's a player manager, so I think it's more about getting, you know, the guys that want to play and need to play, you know, more reps. As Drubal Cabrera doesn't need to play a- any longer. He doesn't need to start. He can still make spot starts when you want to give guys days off, but I mean, really, how he could many- be a primary pinch hitter too? Exactly. Uh, there's definitely opportunities to bring them in the game, and again, they- those guys are, you know, great at staying in the game if you need to pinch it for the pitcher and do a double switch or something of the sort so who are the uh, give me all the young guys like ideal lineup tonight if you're starting all the young guys in place of the veterans what does that look like well i I, for me that looks like like derek was saying no more is dribble cabrera in the everyday lineup i also think that means no more christian walker in the everyday lineup either so i think I think it eventually it's not going to be like a huge change or anything. Like you said, the only guys younger guys are that aren't starting every day are Ellis and Van Meter. So I think in the outfield it looks like it's Peralta and Marte still, but I think you put Rojas and right, Ellis at third, Paven Smith at first, Paven Smith at first, Josh Van Meter at Van second, Meter at second. I guess you still have to play Ahmed. I was going to say, or or, could, uh, or Rojas at short and Smith and right and Christian Walker so, still gets yeah, to play, I guess yeah. until they maybe, can alternate that, until yeah, maybe sure. September when they might bring up Seth Beer. Um, what about what about uh, so. catcher? Is kind of interesting now that Dalton Varsha is playing really well lately. That's true because he's also a decent outfielder. So maybe it's Varsha in right field and Ahmed or uh, Rojas at shortstop. And Van Meter at second. Do you give a couple extra days off to a guy like Peralta in favor of Varsha? Yeah, you could. I think so, and they're they're both left-handed hitters, so you're not messing with righty-lefty matchups if that's a thing that they're really paying attention to. Um, I think you're probably going to see more of Varsho at catcher. I would I would say it seems like he, as long as Tyler Gilbert is in the rotation, you're going to have Varsho catching at least Tyler Gilbert. So I don't know, and, and I mean, and when's the last time we've seen? Bra- uh, Brian Brian Holiday catch a game. I think he caught Madison Bumgarner like last week once. So I, he's just kind of taking up a roster spot there, and he's not young either. So I think you're going to see more Varsho, maybe more days off for Carson Kelly, who's had two injuries this year. Kelly had his first pinch hit home run yesterday, by yes, the way. It was oh. a good, and good home speaking run. Speaking of home runs, Varsho hit three in a row dating back on Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really come around. It's weird that I, <laughs> there's been so few D backs home runs this season that it's. Eduardo it's, Escobar still leading in, I think, homers and RBI. Yeah. For the team. It's He's been gone for what? Almost two months? Yeah. Or, a month and a half? Um, yeah, something like that. Are you talking about his stats <laughs> that he had here? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that cut off when he left? I think so. Oh, yes, my God. Correct. Oh. I'm going to see if that holds How up. How does that make you feel? Here. Terrible. Yeah. I but. Know. 
hey, it should make the team feel even worse. Worth noting, I think. Yeah, when, because he has more than 22 homers, I think. When September 1st and it rolls says around, he's still leading in homers. don't they increase the roster by two? They on September increase 1st? it to 28? 28. Eight. Eight. So we could be seeing another, I mean, let's assume that they go one pitcher, one hitter. You could be seeing some more young guys being added so to the roster. I'm looking soon. at this, and MLB, the MLB app keeps track of this of when he left. Eduardo Escobar is still leading since he's been gone. Since you've been gone! Sorry. Um, Eduardo Escobar is still Fair doesn't care anymore leading, <laughs> is still leading the D-backs in home runs with 22. He has 24 overall. He's still leading the D-backs in RBI, 65. So he hasn't been that good since he left. The no. next leading uh, home run hitter is Josh Rojas with 11. Half. Yeah. Peralta Peralta is second on the team with 52 RBIs. Compared to what was Escobar it? had 65 when he left. Wow. So not yeah. great. He's still also Escobar still leading the D-backs in slugging percentage. Not great. <laughs> boy, oh boy. But yeah, I'm interested to see good. what September call-ups bring. I don't know that there's like it's, it's, one specific player that I expect to be called It's weird up. now because it used to be like you brought up like 10 guys and your clubhouse was overflowing with people and there's, you know, you had an endless amount of position players that you'd bring up or relievers or what. Can't really do that anymore. You, it's, I think you're right. I think it's two guys. I think, I think it's, it's 28 it's now. 26 to 28. So... I'm not, you know what? Honestly, I'm not even expecting them to bring up Seth Beer. Um, I want them to very much. I don't know where he plays with Walker and Smith getting reps at first. I don't know where he plays, and that's where it comes up. If he if he comes up, you would obviously be sitting Walker all the time, and then playing Smith and Wright and Beer at first. I would assume Escobar's on the injured list, by the way, with a strained hamstring. Okay. Not that that really affects his numbers, but he has. Well, I mean, it means Sunday. he can't add to them right. currently. Currently, um, another name that could pop up in September: Geraldo Perdomo, who got called up uh, April, in the beginning of the season when uh, <laughs> when Nick Ahmed was injured. Steve we haven't seen him since. Perdomo. Though I love Perdomo, I love him so much. I know you. I do. pulled up here. Let me pull up the numbers real quick. This is the anti-Steve awesome. effect, though. Usually, thought, when you are down on a player, they start playing well. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's should, true. Bad mouth. You should probably say terrible him. things about him. Yeah. So I'm surprised you don't have this saved on your phone. Is like the I don't the know. background so, of his yeah, phone. Like There's a picture of Geraldo Perdomo. Since August seventh, Perdomo has eight RBIs, eight walks. He's hitting three thirty. Uh, sorry, three fifty three. He's on base four fifty nine in the last couple of weeks. That's like almost two weeks. Holy cow! Would I like to see Perdomo back in September? Yeah, and that gives you an opportunity. We were talking earlier about possibly pulling Ahmed off of shortstop for a day or two. He could get some opportunities on this team. Like I don't feel bad taking those chances away from Ahmed. Whatever you, whatever they have to do to see the younger guys. I'm for it. This team, I mean, there's no point in in still playing guys like Nick Ahmed or Christian Walker as Dribble Cabrera, and even like to a more extreme extent, David Peralta. You can give him more days off if if it means getting younger guys out there. Like if Stuart Fairchild comes off the injured list and they want to see him again, put him in out in left field and see what he's got for a game or two here and there. I know Peralta is still you know one of the. I guess more popular players on this team and he's the clubhouse guy and whatnot. But I mean, at this point of the season, like Derek was saying, they are just, they're 43 and 85. They're 40 games out of first place. It's time. 
it's time to these younger guys need to just take take a step up. The older guys need to just sit down a little bit more, and we need to see what you got. Another name I'll throw out there. I read. I was scrolling through Twitter the other day. And there was an article from Baseball America, I'm paraphrasing, but it basically um, said, this Diamondbacks prospect is on a tear or something like that. And I click on him, I wonder which one it is. Dre Jameson, remember him? He was drafted, what, out of Louisville a couple years ago, I think? Starting pitcher. Since the start of July, he has... These numbers are over high A and now double A he's in. Since the start of July... His ERA is 1.94. He's got 76 strikeouts and 11 walks. Dre Jameson, wow. definitely a name to watch out. He's not going to get called up in September, I don't sure, think. Sure, not at all. But, but still, holy those are, cow. Those are some really good numbers. Dude, that guy could be something. Yep. I've, I'm growing more and more excited about the Diamondbacks minor league starting pitching prospects. Um, also this week, Bear, you notified me of this that the mlb.com mlb pipeline rankings for each uh organization were updated Mm -hmm. so we have a new list for the d-backs and there's a lot of pitching in the top 10 there is well number one now it was so before it was corbin carroll and christian robinson were your top two prospects they were kind of one a one b but now since the diamondbacks have signed jordan lawler he is now their number one prospect according to mlb pipeline he's also number 13 on the top 100 list there's a lot of chatter uh that i was surprised about from people saying that Lawler could have gone number one overall. And I saw that too. That's pretty impressive. Like the D backs may have gotten the best player in that draft. Yeah, as six. far as as far as the drop down was concerned. He dropped yeah. because a lot of people thought he was going to go to Vanderbilt. I think that's the exact thing, right? And there. he could have gone to Vanderbilt and with the new like uh image, name and yeah. likeness stuff, yeah. he could have made money at Vanderbilt probably. Yeah. Why did, Some money. Maybe not the money he made with the Diamondbacks. I right. had a chance to meet him really briefly, but uh he was real nice guy, like real seemed ready. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when they bring in their prospects, like when they brought Stuart Fairchild in, I was like, "Oh, he's a child." He's yeah, like, you're like, "Oh, like, you're 18. You're an actual small <laughs> child." Like I don't understand. I'm twice your age. Got it. You're... It was funny when when Jordan Lawler tweet, he tweeted out his uh, a picture of him holding the ball with his first professional hit yeah and he got a hit in rookie ball he does kind of look like a young kid yes in that picture. he looks he literally looked like the uniform didn't fit yeah it's too it was big all baggy and stuff and yeah. he just looked like he just growing the tiny little mustache and goatee oh, that's the best player in our organization he is 19 awesome. he is 19 awesome who else is on the list um they still have corbin carroll number two alec thomas is now up to number three um christian robinson moved from with all his legal issues and the fact that he might not play baseball. He punched a cop. Um he is now moved from number two to number eight. Yikes. Um like you were saying, the middle of the top ten for the D backs is all pitching. Blake Walston, number four. Ryan Nelson, number five. Bryce Jarvis, who they just drafted, I believe, last year, there is number six. And then Slade Sacconi uh, is number seven. Lots of good pitching. Yeah, and then they still have Corbin Martin as number eleven, even though he's you know, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He's I, not played well this year. I hope he'll get more opportunities. Luis Frias, who I'm excited about, is number thirteen. We got to look at Humberto Mejia uh, against the Pirates. He threw the ball pretty well. Uh, he had to throw like a hundred pitches in five innings to get through to get through five innings. He but... was the main piece in the Starling Marte deal. Yeah, it was right. him, Caleb Smith, and Luis Frias. So right. uh, they got three pitchers for Starling Marte. By the way, I don't know if this matters to you guys, but Star- Starling Marte, I looked at his numbers over the last month. He has 18 stolen bases. Yeah, he good. In the last month. He good. 
he good. He's leading the league in steals by like more than double, easily. Starling Marte? Starling Marte has 18 stolen bases in the last 30 days. It was so unbelievable to me. I had to, I had to, <laughs> He's not even I had like, to check. I was like, did I hear that right? Or like, was I just. He's always been capable on the base pass, but he's never been like a. Correct. Significant base. Yeah, yeah, he is, just had a he good... is leading the major, major league baseball with 39 stolen bases. Wild. There you go. Good players don't steal. Just much another D back leaving yeah. the team and getting back. Well, oh, he was good when they. Do we want to talk about Robbie Ray? Let's do that. With yeah. 14 no, strikeouts last night, setting it. a franchise record for the it. Toronto Blue Jays oh. for strikeouts, and 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 he leads the American <laughs> League in strikeouts. How's oh, Travis oh. Bergen doing? Oh, don't even do Let me look this, it up. Bear. <laughs> Oh, D-backs God. legend Travis Bergen. I don't. Dude, I don't and, understand how this kind of thing happens. And again, I and it's happened have multiple never, times. I've never been the kind of person to completely question the pitching coach, right? But her just leaves for a few games because he's been exposed to COVID, and one of their young pitchers throws a no hitter. I can't <laughs> help but wonder if there's a common denominator there with what might be wrong. When pitchers aren't good here, but then leave it's, and are significantly better an, elsewhere. It's been an issue for the Diamondbacks, not just with this regime, but through a couple of regimes now. Correct. It's not even been just right over the last couple of years, right? They it's just, been over the they last go somewhere 10 years. And they just say, oh, you just need to do this with your... Remember in the summer camp last year where Robbie Ray had changed his delivery for like the fifth time? Of course I remember and that. And he was there. going over his head, tapping his glove, I doing this... I think we talked about it last week. Uh, uh, probably, knowing <laughs> me. I probably talked about it last week, probably last night. And... I was just like what why couldn't the coaches here fix him? I don't understand. Now it, he's it, he's it, back to how he was pitching in 2017. He looks exactly like he did in 2017. It reminds me of the things that Madison Bumgardner was alluding to but wasn't the kind of guy didn't, to didn't put throw that, completely pe- people under the bus. Correct. But he but alluded was. to the fact that they were, you know, there was a, a change in his game plan and you know what he was doing and and he kind of went back to his normal routine and that's where he was able to find success again it's like hold up somebody with mad bums pedigree and years of experience as a baseball player somehow had somebody whoever try to try to manipulate or mess with his routine when he's been so consistently good over his career no wonder there was hiccups with him you know in his first what 20 starts with the D-backs uh, and I remember, before he got on, on path. If I remember him, like, just paraphrasing, he was he was basically saying it was almost too much information. Yeah. What, like, so in game planning and stuff like that. All right. Which is probably way too many analytics. For for just knowing how how what type of guy he is, Madison Bumgarner, he seems pretty old school to me. I would think maybe there was too much, too many numbers going on instead of just feeling for what is working. So does that possibly make the common denominator somebody with a Twitter handle of I throw eighty <laughs> eight? I mean, that's where the analytics are coming from still for the Diamondbacks. He I'm, was their honorary pitching coach one game. Well we're talking about Dan Aaron. Yes, we're talking Dan about Aaron. Dan Aaron, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. know who it is. I have no I, idea. I don't I don't know how it works. It's weird. I don't like to make wild accusations like that, but at the same time too they're has to be a similar thought process going on within the organization about that kind of thing. Not to mention the fact that you look and <laughs> not just Robbie Ray, but Taiwan Walker mm. and others that have left this team over the last 
you know, handful of years have been able to find not just, you know, not just a little success, consistent success. In some cases become all-stars or superstars with the teams that they're on. Robbie so. Ray is going to get Cy Young votes this year. He has to. And you, you said Hergis was gone for Gilbert's no-hitter? Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. Merrill he, Kelly tested boy, positive for COVID, right. and that he was suspicious. a close contact. He was, he was gone for the best performance of the year. Of yeah. the year. Huh. I don't know and what Mike to say. Fetters was the pitching coach that game. And again, and he broke I, he broke the cardinal rule of talking to the guy. Oh, he talked to him all game. Yeah. They joked, they talked about non baseball stuff. Can't they be doing that. Wouldn't specify it what worked. they talked about. It worked. He kept him loose. And yeah. I think that was the thing. He said that when he went into that ninth inning, he wasn't nervous at all. Wasn't thinking about he it. He even found it to be odd afterwards that he wasn't nervous. <laughs> when he, he's like, yeah, it was weird. It was weird that I wasn't nervous going into the ninth inning of a no-hitter. But uh, I I personally think it was his eighth inning that he got through with three pitches that kind of made him feel like a god at that yeah. point. You know, uh, it, it is suspicious, though, and I think as as an organization, they should be looking into it. What what causes this kind of thing, and why, why are people having this success elsewhere? Baseball can be a very analytical game, and I understand that. But a lot like what we were doc- talking about with Bumgarner, maybe sometimes it's too much. Maybe sometimes you just need to let the pitcher and the catcher call the game and, and do the thing. You know, I know that you start getting into too much homework and start getting into too much of that, like, you know, the the show blue and red areas and <laughs> yeah. such and where you need to Pitch throw in it. Pitch there. Yeah. It's blue. It's blue. Pitch in the blue zone kind of thing. But, you know, I think that there's a, there's a little bit more just pitching that needs to happen and less analytics. Also happened this week, uh, Caleb Smith suspended, what was Oof. it, 10 games? 10 games. For the sticky stuff yeah. investigation. It was wild. I was there for that game, and I watched that whole thing go down. I don't even pay attention that closely to games most of the time. It was weird watching. Wow. Yeah. Just, I'm not shocked by that. Well, let's say, you know. Derek's in, been really phoning it in lately. In, in between I innings, care. I go and do stuff. I don't sit there and hang out. That's he seeks I go, out the free food. That's where I go look for free popcorn and whatnot. You're absolutely right, Bear. I'm not going to deny it. I don't blame uh, you. Yet, I just stayed there, and I was watching it, and I think the thing like that dawned on me was they were taking so much time and i was just staring and watching why it was taking so much time it didn't even look like it was escalating at first it just looked like he was checking the glove a lot you know he was spinning Mm -hmm. it around he was you know really going at it and then you know the when caleb really started to like lose it was when he called over the other umps to like you know start talking about it and start seeing what they should do interestingly enough it's the same crew that Mm -hmm. called the very first violation on the Seattle Mariners, Hector Santiago, um, Hector Santiago, interesting, pitcher. same crew, um, and I, maybe they see things we don't. I think that the well, Tori said he saw it a little bit. I think post game. Well, he has like glove. a he has like a blue glove. Yeah, his, so it's his, like really noticeable on the glove that there was like a brown, there's like a like, rosin dirt sh- mixture. Or something. Right? But, Why is he still using a blue glove? I don't know. He's it's broken in. It's, 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 it's like it's red and blue. Or this isn't the Marlins. You after, can't be using a blue glove anymore. After the game, he actually said that one of the things that made him mad was he needed to go now go get a new glove. Oh, yeah, you got to break, break it in a new glove. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't even have a second back. That's the worst on. part about being Come a baseball on, player. Though. He, 
these guys have deals with these companies that will no, send them a glove. It's not that. It's the breaking it in. That's his glove. He Doesn't loves he have his someone glove. who can do that for him? There's lots of gloves. Doesn't the clubhouse this, boy do that? This How often, is though, his. do pitchers need really completely broken in gloves? I don't know. But anyway, it was just weird because I, I thought Caleb Smith was going to fight that entire I really well, did. I really did. And when I say that, it's because I was watching it live <laughs> and there was no like cut to commercial for right. me. And I was like, right. oh my God. Like There was a, a legitimate like three <laughs> second span when he charged back at him that i thought he was just going to start throwing blows with the entire umpire crew that's what was so interesting is that yeah he got suspended for 10 games but he adamantly says i didn't do anything he's, appe- so, he's appealing it he's so adamant about it he was so adamant after the i game. mean so either either he's telling the truth and there's something fishy going on with the investigation or he's ryan braun right now and like dude you well, totally did well, it and just, I'm, I'm just well, they asked, do it no yeah. matter what they asked tory about it after the game and tory said yeah there was some something on his on his glove that i saw but i to- i asked him show me your hand and he said his hand was bone, bone dry. dry yeah bone dry yeah but mm. apparently mm. it's still if it's on your glove yeah you're gonna get popped for it he says he goes to the dirt a lot which you yeah. see him do and rosin, you know, and, he dirt had rosin and, and dirt and sweat uh he <laughs> he he had a very uh, uh defiant line at one point where he said this is baseball right you get dirty you yeah. get sweaty yeah. you know like <laughs> he's like you, I, he's like last time i checked you get dirty playing yeah, baseball right uh, oh my gosh! Man, so he'll fight it. He will he'll fight. fight will. It. He'll fight he'll f- everybody. He'll fight. <laughs> he'll fight us for talking bad about him. He should call OJ's lawyer. They have glove experience. <laughs> oh, oh, Steve! Wow, what? Steve. Get out of here! <laughs> no, no, seriously. That was a good joke. We and Barrel see? finish up the episode. Fine. All right. Uh, I think that. Wait, did a white Bronco just drive by? Oh That's no! Weird. You got at least go I too. referenced a glove. Yeah, that was a baseball go reference. You got to go too now. I'll finish up, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Good luck, Derek. All right. Uh, no, I think that there is uh, defiance in Caleb Smith. I think that at times I've there's joked. a lot of defiance. Well, there's, in I've him. joked about what I've I've said about like he's just he's like a psychopath at times, right? <laughs> like there's things that he says that just aren't normal things human beings say. When he was talking about the loss to the Dodgers, and he said, "I just let it burn inside of me." You know, I was like, <laughs> he says oh, wow. the things that that's, uh, that's that intense. relate. Like, he says things that I feel like most baseball players wouldn't. Correct. Because he's very honest and forthright, and yet he still tries to keep it respectful. You know, you can see he's, like, reining himself in versus what he really wants to yeah, say. Yeah, he's like, I just want to punch the umpire right now, but I'm not going to I'm not gonna say that. And I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I want to. But he'll tell you he wants to punch him. And I'm going to dream about it tonight. He's that kind of person. I don't want to think about it tomorrow. Um, I was in San Diego over the weekend, went to a Padres game at Petco, Phillies were in town, don't really have a stake in the game, just wanted to be in San Diego for a weekend and see the game. And uh, some things that I noticed that were interesting, first of all, Fernando Tatis has been playing right field, and that's super interesting to me. Yeah. He got almost zero action the whole game. But I, I noticed that in the Diamondbacks game. The Padres do this crazy shift. They did it for half like half the lineup. They did it for Brad Miller, Bryce Harper, and Didi Gregorius, where on those lefties, they take Machado and they stick him halfway between Adam Frazier at second and Tatis He's basically in right. in right field. He's yeah. short right, yeah. essentially. But they don't move right or second. Those guys are in their normal <laughs> positions. Yeah. Machado's just like 30 feet between the two of them. Like yeah. it, it looks like, why would you put a guy there? Like They got that ground covered, right? And I swear to God, the first time they did it, Didi Gregorius hit a pop-up and Machado didn't even have to move. <laughs> and then later, Bryce Harper grounded to him and he threw him out at first base. So I was like, I don't know what they're doing in San Diego, but they totally know what they're doing. Imagine if they're if some people get their way and they ban the shift. 
Yeah. Well, then you would not be able to do that, I guess. I kind of hate the It'd shift. It'd be different. Do yeah. you? Oh, I kind of hate the shift. I do. I yeah. my my thought was always well hit it where yeah not hit it the shifted. other way like because when they did that I know it's hard you I know, know how I feel about it bunt <laughs> on the shift right that'll Dalton make them stop Varsho. shifting but that's what one of my buddies said in the stands he's like why don't they just bunt I said because look where Jake Cronenworth is now playing he's playing shortstop like on the base path yeah he's ready for for a bunt a potential bunt yeah yeah. But if you hit a, a liner to either side of them, then you obviously have a hit. And obviously, that's, but nobody did that. Well, that's easier said than done, Steve. Right. That's I've never what, been. That's to, why they I've do never that. been to Petco Park. Oh, it's awesome. It's a beautiful park. It's my favorite one I've been to. It's a lot better when the cashless system is working. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it, Steve? I was there Saturday, <laughs> and uh, my two of my buddies they go up to go get beer and food, and like half an hour later, I'm like, "Where the hell are they?" And he texts me, and he says, "The line hasn't moved in half an hour," and I'm like, "That's weird." And then he texts me again, and he says, some guy just jumped over the counter oh, and stole a bunch of Cracker Jacks. I was like, what? That's when things erupted into chaos. Turns out- to jump over the counter, you got a Cracker Jack. Yeah, what a yeah. jerk. Yeah. Uh, turns Go out- something else. Go for a keg. Their whole like financial system, the stadium is cashless. Correct. Like a lot of ballparks are now. The whole system was down, so you couldn't pay. They nah. were asking people for cash, which they didn't have any because it's a cashless stadium. And so you either had to pay exact change. I don't know how it all worked, but I couldn't even get into the team store because mm-hmm. their whole system was down. And That's, it affected you too, right? I, I did. Yeah, I was in Las Vegas for WWE SummerSlam, and it was the same system, apparently. It, it went <laughs> down completely. Like nationwide, uh, I guess. Yeah, they did not accept cash in any way. They just shut down. But before they shut down, they gave away the food that they had made. So no kidding. It turned into a chaotic situation with people going <laughs> for food. I ended up with like $56 worth of fried chicken wow. somehow, and I ate every bit of it. I should have asked if they could just have the food. I needed more I alcohol. That. That's really what I needed. And right. They weren't giving that away for There food. were chants at the baseball game <laughs> of give us beer. Yeah. <laughs> give us beer. See, okay, this is what I go through covering a game, so I'm glad you guys got to experience yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, no drinking. Um, you're not allowed to do that either. You're not allowed to chant about wanting beer. Not in the mm. press box. And you're also... <laughs> not in the press box, no. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, this I was is my the experience. Stands. The no drinking, you being would, by yourself. You'd be the one to start that chant anyway. I really would. Yeah, being I in really the media would. doesn't sound like it's for me. Um, That's the worst. Other notable thing in San Diego, <laughs> I know that they're, they're actually surprisingly far back in the West right now. San 15 Diego. games. 15 games. 15 games. Um, but... While I was there, I still had this this feeling while walking around downtown. Incredible downtown, by the way. They have signs everywhere for Tatis and Machado. Yeah. And I they are just so otherworldly marketable. Like, I kept thinking to myself, I don't know what player you could put on one of those signs for the Diamondbacks. Zach Gallen? I sure. don't think most people know who Zach Gallen even, what he looks like. Right. Cattell Marte, maybe, but I feel like he doesn't even like smile all that much. Here's the thing. <laughs> but is that are they poorly marketed and that's why you don't know them? Right? I or mean, are they not marketable and that's why they choose not to market I them? I don't know. I mean I don't know. You do the best with what you have, right? So it's like every season you kind of need to sit down and look at the team and say, these are the guys that are going to be the face of the team. At least advertising wise who are we putting on tickets who are we putting on signs and posters and stuff you know like just where the stadium is located like in san diego the padres are all they have um correct and it helps that they do have a guy like tatis and a a guy like machado who are superstars but where the d-backs are too it's like would you rather like when you're walking down in downtown phoenix are you going to recognize like you said carson kelly or david peralta most people would. But when you are, and you're also across the street from the Suns, who have very marketable players like Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, who could also take out that space. Right. It's kind of almost like 
okay, well, here's Devin Booker. Here's Zach Gallen. Like, well, I, I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I think that we had this discussion actually in a very long car drive back from Nevada, but uh, we were talking about sports and marketing and all of that and how like when we were kids, they did a better job of introducing athletes to us and making us know who they are. It wasn't a matter of even if you wanted to like the sport, you still saw posters around your school of Phoenix Suns players and Arizona Cardinals players. You still saw athletes on teams and sports you didn't even know on Saturday morning cartoons. They had that Wayne Gretzky uh, all-star show with Bo Jackson and I forget what it was called. We were talking about it in the car, but again, it was there was things that as a kid they used to do a lot of programs of kids interviewing athletes and just stuff on a kind of on a national level so you got to know stars across the league, but they just did a better job, I feel like, of introducing it. Now, maybe it's a team-by-team thing, and again, maybe it's just the Diamondbacks don't do it well. I agree with what you're saying. It's a bit hard for, like, let's say, the, even the Coyotes to kind of gain traction in this town when mm-hmm. the Suns and the Coy- or the Suns and the Cardinals are such a big part of the city. You know, the other two teams are still kind of like adopted younger the D-backs teams are when it young to it. in right. terms of baseball. Baseball hasn't had an expansion franchise since since the late nineties when the Diamondbacks joined. Right, the Diamondbacks and the Rays. They were, were they were the last two, weren't they? I believe so. Other than like the Expos just moving well, to DC and changing the name to the Nationals, yeah. yeah. Sure. But we were the last But that wasn't an expansion. Yeah. No, it was yeah. just a relocation. So right. no, I think you're right. I think they're the last so they're Dude. one of the youngest teams. Ironically, they also have like the fourth oldest ballpark in the National League. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. How'd that happen? Everybody, <laughs> everybody got a new ballpark. Everybody got a new ballpark. <laughs> everybody, except for the Dodgers I mean, and it, the Cubs. It goes to show that maybe they do have uh, you know, a, a complaint. But Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll also say that look at what the Suns did with the Phoenix Suns Arena. Our footprint center now. If they could do that with Chase Field, I'm game. It's gorgeous. Yeah, they didn't totally knock it game. down I, and build a new building. Right, but I, really, I thought the improvements weren't going to be enough. I thought, like, again, when they were talking about these three phases of improvements they were mm-hmm. going to do to Suns Arena, I was like, come on. Just, that thing's too old now. Just knock it down. Right. Make a new building. Like, this is ridiculous. Doing this facade out front and all this other stuff. <laughs> and, man, it really came together. It's beautiful inside. For me, I've been going there since I was a kid, so it's crazy to have that building still stand. It, it does mean something to me. So, I mean, I guess knocking it down wouldn't have been ideal, and I really like what they did. I think a lot of people would like Chase Field more if they could do something like that where they improve the experience and take out as many seats so it doesn't look so damn empty all the time, which, True. again, adds to that feeling of, wow, this is like the Marlins ballpark or something. Like It's the only other ballpark I can think of that like ESPN pokes fun at actively on their on sports center about how few people are in the stands. They know? need to take out at least like 10,000 seats. Yeah, I agree I think it would be good. Because it's 40,000 plus right also, now. Also, I know this might be pandemic related or whatever, but you currently have a completely empty restaurant in left field. Yeah. Uh, I don't get that. I don't know what they're going to do with that. There's just a lot of excess stuff yeah. at the D-back stadium right now. And, I, and I, I know that like winning is a big part of filling your stadium, too. It's true, but it's very depressing. But there are things they could do. It's very depressing to walk around the concourse. Yeah. It's closed restaurant. Especially after during closed a Dodgers restaurant. game. Yeah. Well, no, that that adds to it, right? As a Diamondbacks fan, I would feel 
frustrated with going to these games and being outnumbered so consistently all the time, right? That's a wonderful feeling that the Phoenix Suns have when that building is not only sold out, but it's like 95% you know, home fans. I don't know if the Diamondbacks will ever get that just based on how old traditions are for baseball and how people kind of hold on to the teams of their youth or the teams that their father rooted for or whatever, uh, mostly because those teams have probably had more success than the Diamondbacks have. Uh, the Diamondbacks still have a World Series and the Padres don't, so that's something that they could say. And I still think that this team can turn things around, but again, the ballpark experience isn't isn't very fun. Like I said, uh, walking around on the concourse and having you know all of these closed restaurants and having it it looked like downtown used to look when you would go downtown after a game and everything would be shut down and yeah there might be a business or two open but, but for the most part it just wasn't a very warm inviting experience you're either go after the game you're either going to game seven grill which is not currently open or you're going to crown across the street and after that it's like uh, not a whole lot is open. Well, I or going I, on at I, all. I think the downtown area really has picked up. Like when I drive around there, downtown is, but not around the ballpark. Not, a, not directly around the ballpark. Yeah, you have to walk probably what like eight a half blocks, a mile, eight yeah. blocks north, it, easily. And go. then you get Arizona Wilderness and the Churchill and all these things that they put up on Roosevelt because Roosevelt is cool. Roosevelt is very Chase cool. Field is not cool. It's and it's just a little bit too far, you know, yeah. out of the way. You kind of have to drive down there, uh, you know, from from the ballpark, but. It, it's still the the area is still picking up, and it's still not what you're talking about with like the Padres ballpark at Petco, right? Dude, I mean, San Diego's insane. That area is amazing, and COVID's not a thing there, by the way. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, it never happened. People like in droves. I was out there at like midnight, and the game ended at like nine thirty, and there's still endless people on the streets three hours after the game. See, that's one thing that still surprises me about downtown Phoenix is when I drive around like on a Friday night. I look uh, there's no, there is a lot of people. Really? Now. There's a lot no. of people just walking around. Yeah, on the streets. And again, I live downtown. There was never anybody there. Not, not directly by the ballpark. I just mean okay. the area that you're talking about, like north, Roosevelt, north of the ballpark. Well, yeah. even just even <laughs> south of Roosevelt, there's just a lot of people walking around. That's not something I'm used to you, from my youth. You didn't no. walk around around downtown Phoenix when Your I was a youth, kid. I lived there like four years ago, and that wasn't a thing. Yeah, well, things changed. It fast, just wasn't. Dude. Yeah, I'm just remembering how much I used to hate First Fridays. I I, I, I lived oh, right yeah. I lived yeah. right on Roosevelt. I lived the, uh, at Roosevelt Point, and it's like that now. It's thing. like that now all the time. Oh, every weekend! All the, I'm not yeah. even joking with you. It's like that all the time. It's incredible. I, to me. I used to have to work on Saturdays when I was at ASU. I was going downtown to the Cronkite School, and I lived in Roosevelt Point for us for a whole school year. And I was I used to I kept my job on the weekends only. And I had to get up because it was my job was in Gilbert, and I had to drive all the way from downtown Phoenix to Gilbert. And there was every first Friday, I'm like, no, I hate this. We I sound can't like a bunch go of to sleep. This city. We sound like a bunch of old dudes complaining about the traffic. Yeah. That damn traffic! Um, uh, you yeah. can't stop making your noise. Yeah, exactly. I don't drive much, but when I do, I complain about it. <laughs> most interesting when i drive i almost die every time <laughs> um, people are called names i want to wrap up with this earlier i did say that today was important for two reasons one of which is i already cody, i already said my opinions on field of dreams right. what are we talking cody about? watched field of dreams yeah. look for his review in the new york times um yeah. but the other reason that today is important is because derek is leaving us he is no longer going to be a part of this podcast it was my decision <laughs> i'm just kidding well you guys said that the diamondbacks were going with it, it the was youth not movement, mutual right yeah we're all also going with the youth movement so uh derek is leaving us no he's found another adventure and we're super excited about it for you 
Um, but this is going to be your last show. This on is the my no last show. It's hard. I uh, I've really enjoyed my time not only with you guys because you guys are like my brothers. You know, I think that doing this podcast has been easily one of my favorite parts about working for this station. Uh, we, I don't know how we became such had good, such good chemistry right away, but I felt like we know we've known each other like way longer than we have. Um, but this, you know, this has been the greatest opportunity I've ever had working for this station. And I saw, what was it, like a week ago, you said something about, this is like our four-year anniversary of doing yeah, the show together? Yeah. Because I was doing the show w- with our friend Andy Greenberg, you came along, Cody came along just very quickly after that as mm-hmm. well, so we've all been together for years now, but I remember when you showed up and none of us knew who you were because <laughs> yeah. you didn't work in the radio station with us on a daily basis. Right, and they were like, babysit this and guy. And they're like, this guy Derek wants to be on your podcast. I was like, yeah, well, a lot of people want to yeah, be on our totally. <laughs> We got a list. Yeah, yeah. They're like, get on the waiting list. They were like, well, it's an A to Z podcast and he's M, so it fits yeah. right in the <laughs> we, had to, we had to change the name of the podcast yeah, for you. It's God. crazy. Um, but I, I wanted to say thank you. Uh, I'm sure Bear and I are, are both on the same page with this. You made the bot- podcast better. Um, you bring somewhat of credibility since, you know, yeah. you go to so many freaking games and you're in the stadium. I live there. Um, I hope you don't mind that, that we did this for you, but um, we got you a gift for going away present. Oh, um, no. Unfortunately for you, it's uh, it's in audio form. Oh, no. So um, this is for you, Derek Montia, on your final day <sighs> with the Ain't No Fang podcast. I will remember you. It's not worth the money. Will you remember me? Get your act together. Don't let your love pass you by. I don't like that. I don't want that to happen. I have seen them lie to my face so many times. <laughs> and they will continue. And they will you. continue to lie to my face, and that's okay. They are not going to come over and give Derek Montia $500,000. <laughs> they have to yeah. believe in you. <laughs> for yeah. the purpose of... And no one would believe in I'm, you. He Bond makes me feel good about myself. Because you're, like, both old? N- you know, I don't like the way you <laughs> phrase that. It doesn't matter. He makes me feel good about myself. He makes me feel like I can do anything with my life. Let's just wrap it up. If I made $30 million in one year, I'd never do this podcast. I know how old I am every single day. I think this is the end of time, Steve. I think this <laughs> is the beginning of a dystopian world. I believe it's in the Bible. Broke yeah. people, <laughs> mega corporations ruling over us like lords. Bumgarner is going to show up to the airport in the Rat Leon costume riding a horse. I want to bet on the kid catching fly balls uh, in right field. You want to be the kid catching fly well, balls. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But. <laughs> I believe in the chocolate chip cookie theory when it comes to relievers. Which is? You got to trust your gut and go with the time you set, right? Your, the recipe says 12 minutes. You say 12 minutes. Just because those cookies are still in a liquid form at 12 minutes, <laughs> they are going to solidify and become delicious soft-baked cookies. <laughs> The worst acquisition that this team has ever made. 
What are you talking about? Hitting my pitches on the. You get a runner on, you get on, you get on. Who cares? Shut up. I want to hear this. Wrap it up. I mean, we got it. We got to end this. I need to know when I can go home. (laughs) And that time has come, Derek. It's time for you to go home for the last time. Uh, you have way too much time on your hands. Uh, Freaking Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> we just wanted to do that for uh, you. Our entire purpose is to make people feel sad. <sighs> We're all crying right now. My ribs hurt so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I said that stuff. All of it. Oh, I can't believe it. None that. of it was edited. Yeah. No, it was completely edited. But still, <laughs> you said all those things. I did. Some of the highlights and lowlights. Oof. From uh, from your time, I pulled some of that from like four years ago. Yeah, I thought it was going to be me just mispronouncing words. Mostly is what I thought. It was <laughs> I could have be. probably done that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a whole all the stuff we edit out. Of yeah, the podcast. sure. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many curse words in that. Some uh, some great times that we've Absolutely. had on this podcast. Absolutely. Um, I think that this time at the station has been an absolute dream for me, and uh, luckily I'm going to still get the opportunity to stay in sports. So again, this station has provided me with the chance to do it full-time i've always joked about the five jobs i have and all of that and i'm turning all those hats in to do one job and it's going to be covering the d-backs still so uh i'm really excited for the future and you know the opportunities that i've had from from this podcast you know i just basically used it as my platform to elevate to the next level yeah you use this as a stepping stone leaving you guys behind but that's (laughs) of course what my master plan was since day one steve i told you that it only took you four years Ah, awesome well hey man thanks for everything you do for us thank you you're not going away nah nah we'll still bug you we're gonna play like mlb the show and stuff all the time that sounds good yeah Yeah. i'll do that yeah oh god bears Bears already looking at me way too seriously (laughs) (laughs) that's probably what's gonna happen uh, well, then I suppose for the last time, we're not going anywhere, Cody and I, unfortunately for the listeners, we're not I going anywhere. I but... actually have some news for you on that. I'm acquiring Cody. Um, You're taking him in, in the divorce? In, in the divorce, yeah. Oh, I'm, dear God. I'm at least going to have What judge rule that? <laughs> well, they said we look alike, so they don't, <laughs> pending a paternity test. I don't wear those shirts. Yeah, I know. Well, I well, might have to now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mini me. We still plan on continuing the Ain't No Fang podcast. Uh, are we on just, Maury right now? <laughs> you guys are having a moment, for sure. Uh, the podcast will definitely look different going forward, but um, but without Derek, uh, it's a sad day. I'll still be here in spirit. Good. Cracking jokes. and Just not interrupting jokes. us as much. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. I'll do it. Still. I'll take I'll, that. I'll, You'll interrupt I'll me. interrupt you. <laughs> cool. As long as we have somebody to do that. Um, so I suppose for the last time. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, and that's Derek Montilla and Cody Fincher as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Ain't, F- Ain't No Fang podcast here. You idiot. Here <laughs> you blew it. I blew it. <laughs> you blew it. And the, the podcast, Derek. Just do it. I'm out Will of here. Will you take it? Uh, thank you guys so much for listening Play us out, to the Sarah. Ain't No Fang podcast right here on Arizona Sports and on the Arizona Sports. Podcast.